Patriots lost a member of their family yesterday. And to be perfectly honest with you, that feels a lot bigger than anything currently associated with a baseball club. Good morning to you. Good Wednesday morning. I'm Dan Kovacevic of DK Pittsburgh Sports, and this is Daily Shot of Pirates. Comes your way bright and early every weekday. If you're into football and or hockey, I also offer up daily shots of Steelers and Penguins right where you found this. Rennie Stennett passed away yesterday, age 72. For those of you who do go back that far, the era of the 1970s was an unimaginably great time to be a baseball fan in Pittsburgh. We were spoiled beyond words. Rennie Stennett was a second baseman of some repute on a roster that had, at various points over his career, Willie Stargell, Roberto Clemente, Dave Parker, Bill Madlock. Uh, It's just a long, long list of truly great players, and I'm leaving out a bunch here. Al Oliver, Phil Garner, just Manny Sanguian, so many. John Candelaria, Kent Tecolvi. Rennie was my favorite. Always. Always. When he went 7-for-7 at Wrigley Field, he was my favorite. When he came up as a young player with the team and showed not only talent but also toughness and hustle, he was... He was my favorite. Any sport, not just talking about favorite pirate, favorite baseball player, any sport, Rennie Stennett was my favorite. As a child, as a child, and that actually does mean something. It's not always connected to logic or something that you heard or something that you saw on you know, TV or something that you read. Sometimes when you're observing sports, when you're passionate about sports, you just lock on to someone for no particular reason and they become your favorite. In 1977, Rennie Stennett and Dave Parker were 1-2 in the National League batting race midway through the season. Parker was at 337, Stennett was at 336. I don't even have to look that up. And that was when Stennett had his spikes stick in the ground near second base while he was running there, and they planted, and his ankle was ripped up, and his season was done. And really, for all intents and purposes, his career trajectory changed forever. Medicine wasn't then what it is now. He kept battling. He came back, eventually became a bench player for the 1979 Pirates, the family, the family. 
the franchise's last World Series champions. He even tried to make another comeback later in his career. So passionate was he about the game. And a few years ago, at PNC Park, the Pirates brought back as many members of the family as they could for one of those reunions. And you know what those are. They they bring everybody out to the mound. They, uh, you know, get the nice wave and the roar from the crowd. Somebody throws out the ceremonial first pitch and everything else, and you look at them and you cheer. And you, even if you're younger, you respect what it is that they meant. You've learned of the names, and it's neat to see them out there looking like real people. Afterward, they were brought into a uh, a conference room for reporters like me to interview them. And almost everybody was going to the the bigger names and so forth. And I didn't. I stood in this one area of the room and really didn't move to anybody. And I was watching Rennie sitting there uh, next to Manny Sanguian, fellow Panamanian, and I was afraid. I was afraid to go up to him. It's, it's been a career that I've had, you know? I've gotten to meet and get to know a lot of really, 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 really big stars. And in 99.999% of the cases, I have no nothing, no reaction whatsoever when I encountered with them. I don't think to myself, ooh, big star, you know. Once you've gotten to know and cover Mario Lemieux, believe me, the rest of it is, you know, it's all well down the ladder from there. But this was different. I, I, I couldn't approach him. So I thought, how am I going to do this? Because I really didn't even want to interview him. I just wanted to tell him what he meant to me. And I didn't want to sound like, you know, like a total dork. <laughs> and I thought, all right, I know Manny Sanguian very well. I'll just go up and start talking to Manny and just see how it goes. <laughs> all right, so... I walk up to the two of them, and I go, Manny, how you doing? How's your knee doing? He's had all kinds of trouble with his knees later in life, some surgeries and so forth. How's your knee doing? And Manny comes with the usual, oh, it hurts. Manny, real honest about that sort of thing. And Manny sees that I'm looking at Rennie Stennett while he's talking to me. <laughs> so I, I dispense with all other pretenses, and I say, Mr. Stennett, and again, I never refer to anybody, you know, with Mr. This or Mr. That. Mr. Stennett, my name's Dayan Kovacevic. I cover sports in Pittsburgh, and I was your biggest fan when I was a kid. And his smile in that moment, he had no idea who I was, nor should he have. I'm nobody. But his smile was so legit, 
and so genuine and so heartwarming that when he looked up at me and said, thank you, I will never, ever forget it. It was like something that had come from way early in my life had swung around full circle. I don't know that I would have been as interested in sports as I was as a kid if I hadn't been as passionate about the Pirates as I was as a child, or if the Pirates had been that good. And I don't know that I wouldn't have had that passion with or without Rennie Stennett having been a member of those Pirates. But you know what? I'll never have to find out. Because I'll always have one and only one favorite childhood player. And that will always be Ronaldo Antonio Stennett. Rest in peace, sir. back and it's time for just one question which is brought to you always on this program by North Shore Tavern directly across Federal Street from PNC Park in addition to being a really cool place before and after a ball game you should know that with the Pirates on the road for a week straight now out in St. Louis now and then four games in Atlanta This is a really, really good place to come and watch a game on TV. It's the only fully dedicated pirate sports bar in existence, meaning 365 days a year. They don't redo it when the Steelers play or whatever. It's a pirate's place. That's what it is. And they've got the TVs to make the experience more than worthwhile. Come on down to North Shore Tavern. Today's question comes from Kevin, who says, Is it fair to suggest that Ben Charrington almost has no choice but to bring in a young catcher soon? There's nothing coming in the minors. And I'm going to have to guess that Kevin is reacting, at least in part, to watching yet another round of Michael Perez swings the bat. Wow, is this guy awful. 0 for 23 now. Hasn't had a hit since, I think, the middle of April. And he went 0 for whatever in the Pirates' 5-2 loss last night in St. Louis that really had no other notable defining traits. You know? I mean... JT Brubaker's been giving up some home runs, but the home run that JT gave up to Nolan Arenado last night, I'm sorry. That catcher's mitt was placed in a certain spot, low and away, and JT nailed it. And Arenado, whose home run was his fourth in as many games, is just on fire. That's going to happen. The offense, of course, just continues to not happen, and... Putting Perez into the lineup is just a virtual guarantee of making it 
worse. I get to an extent and respect to an extent that Charrington likes having catchers who are defense first. He has everything to gain as a general manager from having catchers who can improve his pitchers and comparatively little to gain from having good hitting catchers who are a wreck and make his pitchers worse. So I understand that, especially where the Pirates are in this phase of their construction. But my goodness, at least get a hit once a month. Some of these guys he's gotten, and this goes back to last season, have just been horrible. I mean, where is it mandated that you have to be a complete train wreck at the plate in order to perform well behind it? Stallings can't be the only guy on earth. You know? I'm not blaming Charrington. I know better than that. Because as you point out yourself, it's a young catcher. It's a bunch of young catchers that have to come in. Charrington did get Andy Rodriguez from the Mets system as part of the complicated Joe Musgrove trade, which actually did involve the Mets, parenthetically. And Rodriguez has gotten off to a good start, but it's low A ball. It's, it's Bradenton. It's, it's miles off. And I, I don't know. It, it's just so unsightly to see position players who just can't hit. And this guy can't hit at all. I mean, this dude is, he's seeing 89 miles an hour of four-seamer coming right down the pipe, and he hacks right under it. You know, I mean, that that's somebody who just can't hit. Anyway, they lost. They lost 5-2. to two. They play again tonight. Uh, it's another 7.45 p.m. Eastern time pitch, and we'll see if Stallings comes back. I mean, he, he's... He's got the contusion from Sunday, so his status is going to be up in the air until you see him out there again. And Wow, one can only hope, you know? Park University in the heart of downtown Pittsburgh, they understand there's no substitute for real-world experience and career-building connections. Their innovative curriculum engages students with distinctive experiential learning opportunities. Point Park's pioneering co-op program empowers qualified students to work in full-time, paid positions with their corporate partners while earning college credits. Visit pointpark.edu works to learn more. Career ready. That's the point. Point Park University. Your front door, your car, your gym locker, your gun. Safety is a habit. Learn more about how to keep guns safe and secure. Visit projectchildsafe.org.